What is up, everybody? Welcome to DFS by the Numbers. These are my full card breakdown and predictions for UFC 295. We got Alex Pereira going against Yuri Perhashka. And we are back for another full card breakdown and prediction video. This week, we are breaking down one of my favorite cards of the year on paper, UFC 295, headlined by Yuri Prohoshka, Alex Pereira, the co-main event, Sergey Pavlovich, Tom Aspinall, a fight card that I've had circled for uh, a couple months now. Really looking forward to this card. Obviously, there was a, a massive hit to the card. The main event fell through. John Jones, Stipe Miocic, and that hurt me personally. I'm a big fan of both Stipe and John Jones, but... If they're going to, you know, bring a new fight on the card, I mean, Sergey Pavlovich, Tom Aspinall, it's, uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. If not, I mean, that could be a better fight than John Jones-Stipe, to be honest. So I'm really looking forward to both the main event, the co-main event, and then also, like, the rest of the card is going to be fun as well. So really, really looking forward to this card. Uh, before we get into it, if you guys could please do me a favor, leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you have not already. I'm getting this out nice and early. I'm recording this on a Saturday. Uh, my wife is going to go into labor, actually, within the next, I'm not sure, maybe maybe this week or maybe next week. I'm not sure when, but it is coming up. So I want to kind of get ahead here so I don't fall behind. Um, so yeah, I was able to get everything done last week in terms of preparation for 295, and I'm really liking this car from a betting perspective. I haven't had a ton of action on these, you know, past couple cars like the last month. I feel like I'm going to have a lot of action on UFC 295, so really looking forward to it. So this is a pay-per-view car. Going to be bringing back the Significant Strike Contest to enter the contest. First, leave a like on the video. Second, subscribe to the channel. Third, comment down how many Significant Strikes you think that Alex Pereira and Yeri Prohoshka are going to combine for. Uh, $25 to the guy in, or girl, in first place. If there's a tie, the tiebreaker does go to the person that commented first. And uh, I do want to shout out Prize Picks. This video is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you guys have not checked it out, use promo code DFSBTN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It helps me. It helps you. It's it's free money. And I highly recommend Prize Picks. And I'll also be bringing out a Prize Picks video later in the week for UFC 295. Really looking forward to that. And then lastly, got to shout out the website. It's the best way to support me. And um, you get a lot of content. I mean, the best option there, the most popular option is that $10 betting option. With that, you get access to all the stats you see on the Friday show, um, the Saturday show, the betting breakdown video. Um, you get first notice on all my bets. None yet. But I will be adding uh, bets pretty soon here. Some underdogs sticking out. Uh, two betting articles, the, the full card best bet article, and then the final betting article as well. Um, confidence ratings, access to Discord, and uh, just much, much more. Like I said, a ton of content they do not see on YouTube there. Uh, but yeah, with all that out of the way, uh, lastly, going live Friday for final thoughts and then Saturday for best bet. And I think that's about it. So yeah, really looking forward to UFC 295. And I am getting this out very early. Um, so this bout order is potentially going to change. I'd be actually shocked if it doesn't change. So don't come after me too bad. Uh, but as of now, the first fight of the night is Steve Ursag going against Alessandro Costa Banger. I mean, this is a, a banger to kick off the car. We got Steve Ursag, uh, Ursag, 28 years old, five foot eight with a 68 and a half inch reach, 10 and one in four and one in his last five fights. Alessandro Costa. He's 27 years old, five foot four, with a 67 inch reach, 13 and three, and four and one in his last five fights. We'll we'll touch on some odds like we always do. We see that Steve Ursig, 
opened up minus 200. He's currently minus 150. Alessandro Costa opened up plus 170, currently plus 130. These odds just recently came out um, because this is a short notice replacement. Alessandro Costa is stepping in on short notice for the pullout master, Matt Schnell. I mean, if I had a, a dollar for every time Matt Schnell pulled out of a fight, I mean, I don't... I don't know what I would be able to do. Maybe I, I maybe a down payment on how. I mean, Matt Schnell pulls out of uh, so many fights. Um, but yeah, I kind of wanted to see Ersig knock out Matt Schnell. But I mean, this is a, a good replacement here. You know, early look, I thought that I'd be leaning uh, the dog money of Costa here. But the more I looked into it, I I think both guys are solid. I'm actually really high on, on both guys. But man, Costa's coming in here on short notice against a guy in Steve Ursek who's going to be much bigger than him. Ursek's going to have a four-inch height advantage, a reach advantage on him as well. I mean, Ursek's going to be towering over this guy. And man, I was impressed with Ursek. Ursek came into uh, the UFC on short notice against David Dvorak. And, and by the way, Matt Schnell pulled out of that fight. Fight as well. Shout out to Matt Schnell. Um, but yeah, Ursig stepped in on short notice. He was a big dog against David Dvorak, who I think was ranked the number number 10 flyweight at the time, a top 10 flyweight. And Steve Ursig looked really good, especially on short notice. His striking looked really good. He hurt Dvorak really bad in the second round, was able to mix a couple takedowns in in the third round as well. I was very impressed with the performance of Steve Ursig, and I think a lot of people were, and I think that's why we're getting this favorite price tag on him. Because honestly, Alessandro Costa is no slouch. This guy's a really good grappler. Um, he doesn't really proactively wrestle as much as I'd like to see, and he's probably not going to here. But on the feet, this guy can crack. Both guys can crack. Uh, what I do worry about on the Costa side is this. You know, we did see him take a short notice fight as well. Um, it was against Amir Abazi, which Amir Abazi is a very good fighter. Top five flyweight, right? Um, and he lost that fight, and it wasn't really competitive at all. I mean, he got dropped twice. He got knocked out in that fight. Wasn't the best look, but again, I don't want to you know harp on him too much for that, but... I don't know. I kind of worry about the durability of Costa a little bit. This guy's been knocked out in two fights. He gets hurt a lot, and, and Steve Ursek looks to have legit power. I mean, he's not he's not really knocking a ton of guys out, but he's hurting a lot of guys. A lot of his wins come by by submission. Sixty percent of those come by sixty um, percent of his wins come by submission, and a couple of those are like club and subs. I remember he hurt Shannon Ross, which I know everybody hurt Shannon Ross, but he hurt Shannon Ross, dropped him, and then and finished him by submission shortly after. So yeah, I, I like what I see from Ursig. I like the fact that he's not on short notice. I like the fact that he's bigger, and I'm going to actually pick him to uh, to knock out Alessandro Costa. Costa's been knocked out twice in his career. I think uh, a third time comes here. I was really impressed with the striking of Ursig. I think his striking is just leveled up. So give me Ursig to win this fight. I'll take Ursig to, to win this fight down the stretch in the third round and knock out Alessandro Costa. All right, moving on. We have a, a tricky fight, a fun fight, but a, a tricky fight in my opinion to call. Uh, we got John Castaneda going against Kung Ho Kong. We got uh, John Castaneda, 31 years old, five foot six with a 71 inch reach, 20 and six, and three and two in his last five fights. Kung Ho Kong, he's 36 years old, five foot nine with a 73 inch reach, 19 and nine, and four and one in his last five fights. This is the fight, I'll tell you right now, this is the fight that I'm struggling with the most. I don't have a strong read on this fight. I think this fight is going to play out, you know, pretty close and competitively. The line's not really indicating that. Um, Castaneda actually opened up plus 120. He's now minus 160. Kung Ho Kong opened up minus 140. He's currently a plus 140. So the odds have flipped. And I, I don't know. I think these guys are are somewhat similar. Like Kung Ho Kong, 
And this guy's a really good grappler. He leaves a black belt in BJJ. But what I kind of like about Kong as of lately, and I've never really thought of him to be like the best striker in the world, but his striking has looked really good his last couple fights. Uh, he went out there. He knocked out. Uh, he knocked down Christian Quinones badly in the first round, submitted him shortly after. But prior to that, he fought Dana Bakary. And, and by the way, I believe he was a dog against Dana, and I believe he's a dog against Quinones. So um, he's been cashing as a dog back-to-back fights now, and this is going to be his third fight in a row where I believe he is a dog. But yeah, and that Dana Bakary fight, I mean, Kung Ho Kong at, at 36 years old, his striking looked better than ever. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Kung Ho Kong striking look that solid. Uh, Kong always has a ton of power. This guy has so many knockdowns in the UFC. I think it's like like maybe four or five knockdowns, which is not bad for a, you know, a guy that's primarily a grappler. So he has that power, and he also has that toughness as well. Kung Ho Kong's never been finished in the UFC, and he's been in the UFC since like 2013. He's been in the UFC 10 years, and nobody's ever been able to finish him. So I like the toughness. I like the power. I like the improved striking at 36 years old. And like I said, he has that black belt um, as well. And then you got John Castaneda, who I think is pretty solid as well. This guy has, I believe, a wrestling background. Very good wrestling offensively. Good takedown defense as well. Solid striking as well. Um, I don't know. This is a fight that I just feel like is going to play close. I feel like it's going to go to decision. I don't feel like either guy is going to have much success in the grappling. I feel like, you know, I guess John Castaneda could potentially take down Kung Ho Kong, but... Castaneda doesn't have the best control on top, and Kung Ho Kong should be able to get right back up. So yeah, I see it primarily playing out striking, and, and when it is striking, like I said, I like what I see from Kong striking as of late. This is going to be a very good test against Castaneda, and I also like the toughness of Kong. But yeah, Castaneda's you know, been getting outstruck in some of these fights. Boyne Gafarov outlanded him in terms of the numbers 61-40. to 40. Uh, We saw Daniel Santos break John Castaneda just two fights ago, outlanding him 69-57. to 57. And then there was that Nathaniel Wood fight where we got outlanded like almost 3-1, to one. so... Yeah, I feel like it's going to be competitive. It's going to go to decision. The judges are probably going to screw it up. Uh, but I'm going to take the dog here in what I think is going to be a very close fight. But it looks like money's coming in on, on John Castaneda as of late. I don't know. I think it's going to be close. Give me Kung Ho Kong for the win. All right, next we have the Simp fight of the week. Uh, the fight that everybody's going to be simping for. We got Lupita Godinez going against Tabitha Ricci, we got uh, Lupi, 30 years old, 5'2", with a 61-inch reach, 11-3, and and 4-1 and in her last five fights. Tabitha, Baby Shark Ricci, she's 28 years old, 5'1", with a 61-inch reach, 9-1, and 4-1 and in her last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds, and we see that uh, Lupi Godina is open at minus 170, currently minus 150. Tabitha Ricci opened up plus 145, currently plus 130. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some very strong opinions on this fight. People get very... I don't know what the word is. Um, not not aggressive, but uh, I don't know. People people are getting very opinionated on on fights like these, and um, I already see it. You you go to to bet MMA tips, you can see what people are betting. Right, it's split down the middle, fifty fifty. So I'm gonna make a pick here, and uh, the 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 people on the other side are probably gonna get mad, but I gotta make a pick. I don't know. Um, I feel like for me, you know, the pick for me is pretty easy. I feel like um, it's a pretty easy fight to break down. The line doesn't really indicate that, though. We got a pretty close line here. But, yeah, I feel like I I like the loopy side here. And if you guys have been watching my breakdowns for a while, you guys know I had a little feud with with loopy after that 
that Angela Hill fight. I'm like, I had a big bet on Lupe Godinez thinking, hey, you know, maybe she can take down Angela Hill. We just saw Verna Jandaroba do it. And then Lupe proceeded to go out there and not shoot takedowns, right? Uh, apparently, one of somebody who trained with her hit me up um, a couple months later, actually, and, and told me what was going on. I'm not going to get into it, but um, she wasn't 100%. So I kind of forgive her for that now. But even after the Angela Hill fight, it's like she's not going for takedowns against Cynthia Calvillo. It was a very close fight. She's not going for takedowns against um, Emily Ducote. Um, She kind of ran away with that, but still, she's not going for takedowns. And then I, I said, hey, listen, I'm going to give Lupe Godinez one more chance. She's fighting Elise Reed, who's a white belt and has no takedown defense or ground game to speak of. Lupe, if you don't take Elise Reed down, something's wrong. And uh, what does she do? She goes out there fighting like she's possessed. I mean, that was the best version of Lupe Godinez we've ever seen. I mean, that was terrifying. That was hard to watch. I had a bet on Lupe inside the distance and by sub. That was hard to watch. She beat the living crap out of poor, poor Elise Reed. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lupe, Lupe's great. I think she's really good. I think Tabitha Ricci's really good as well. But how I see this fight playing out is, you know, Lupe's the better striker, in my opinion, by a, by a decent margin. I really like Lupe striking. She has really good volume, really good boxing. She's been training with uh, Alexa Grasso as of late. She has power in her hands as well. And Tabitha Ricci, I don't think she's the worst striker in the world, but I don't, I don't really think the striking's that close. I don't. Um, and on top of that, Ricci's probably the better grappler. She's a black belt in BJJ, although I think Lupe's a good grappler herself. But in terms of the wrestling, you know, although Ricci's a good wrestler, I mean, Lupe's the better wrestler. She's, she's physically stronger. She's bigger. She has an 82% takedown defense. So I kind of feel like Lupe's going to be able to dictate where this fight takes place. And although I don't think Lupe has the best fight IQ, she hasn't shown the best fight IQ, I don't think that's going to matter here because... If she doesn't go for takedowns here, that's okay. I mean, I think she's going to win the striking exchanges. And then if she go, does go for takedowns, cool. She, maybe she seals off a round or maybe wins some minutes. So, yeah, I actually, I like Lupe here. I like Lupe to win this fight. But, hey, at the end of the day, this fight is going to decision. It's going to be competitive. And the judges suck. The judges absolutely suck. But give me Lupe Godinez and Lupe Godinez by decision for the simp pick of the week. All right, moving on. Another banger. We got Nazim Sadikov going against uh, uh, Slava Borshev. We got Sadikov. He's 29 years old, five foot ten, with a 69 inch reach, nine and one, and five and zero oh in his last five fights. Slava Borshev. He's 31 years old, five foot eleven, with a 69 inch reach, <laughs> and his record is not 73. It is uh, seven and three. Caught me off guard there. All right, he's seven and three. And he is three and two in his last five fights. So we'll take a look at the odds here. We see that uh, Sadikov opened up minus three fifty. Wow, um, he's minus one thirty now. And then Borshev opened up plus two eighty five, and he's currently plus one ten. This fight's a, a very interesting fight to break down, in my opinion, because Slava Borshev, his striking is incredible like Slava Borshev striking's absolutely no joke whatsoever and there's a reason why when when he fights when he fights these dudes in the UFC like Mark Diacasey uh even Mike Davis who Mike Davis he can wrestle but I mean he's a, he's a really good striker as well you know these guys are constantly trying to take down Slava Borshev they want really nothing to do with the with the with the striking of Slava Mike Davis takes down Slava Nine times. Mark D1 Diakasi takes down Borshev 11 times. He got taken down 20 times in those two fights combined, right? 
He lost those fights. But in the fights, he's not getting taken down. He's not only winning fights, he's winning them very convincingly. He's winning them very dominantly. His striking is is very, very good. And what I worry here about Sadikov is I watched a good amount of fights of Sadikov because I wanted to know... Does this guy wrestle? Could this guy go out there and implement a game plan of of taking this guy down 10 times like Dia Casey did, nine times like like uh, Mike Davis did? And that's not his game. That's not Sadikov's game. What I will say, though, you know, the, the times I have seen Sadikov get on top, he's very good. He's very dangerous. He has vicious ground and pound. He has a submission game as well. But he's not going out there and proactively wrestling uh, really at all. So I'm curious to see the game plan here from Sadikov, but... I kind of think this is primarily going to play out on the feet. And if it plays out on the feet, I, I like the striking of Borshev. You know, we see we saw Sadikov go out there in uh, the fight against Evan Elder. I mean, get outstruck against Evan Elder. He won that fight. There was a cut stoppage, but he got outstruck by Evan Elder 70-64. to 64. He got dropped by Evan Elder. And I think Evan Elder is good, but he's not anywhere near the, the caliber striker of a, of a Slava Borshev. So for Sadikov to win this fight, I think he... He could knock out Slava, I guess. Um, but wrestle, get this fight down to the mat. I mean, Borshev has the worst takedown defense I've ever seen. I think on paper it's it's thirty five percent, and uh, I'm actually shocked it's even that high. So, so yeah, if Sadikov goes out here, gets the fight down to the mat, you know, I think his ground game is very dangerous. I think he could potentially win the fight, but I have not seen enough out of. Sadikov in terms of the wrestling to, to pick him here. So I'm going to take another dog here. I'm going to take Slava Borshev to win this fight, win this fight by knockout. I think somebody's getting served here. I think this has potential to be fight of the night. I think there's three fights on this card where I think they have high potential to be fight of the night. This is one of them. Give me Slava by first round knockout. All right, moving on to the next fight. We got Jamal Emmers going against Dennis Bazukia. We got Jamal Emmers, 34 years old, 5'10 with a 74 inch reach, 19 and 7 and 2 and 3. And his last five fights, Dennis Bazukia, he's uh, 26 years old, five foot nine, with a 70 and a half inch reach, 11 and three, and four and one. In his last five fights, we'll take a look at the odds. We see that Jamal Emmers opened up minus 170. He's currently minus 265. Dennis Bazukia opened up plus 145. He's currently plus 220. And yeah, so if you know Jamal Emmers, I mean, I think Jamal Emmers is extremely talented. The one thing I don't like about Emmers at this point is he is getting up there in age a little bit. He's 34 years old, a little bit past his prime, but Emmers is the most talented 19 and seven fighter ever. I mean, this guy is, is very talented and he's very well-rounded. Um, and this is one of those fights where Emmers should not lose this fight. But if you guys know Jamal Emmers, you know that that's not always the case. He, he loses fights that he should win he makes mistakes. He makes bad decisions. He has bad game plans. I always go back to that Giga Chikadze fight where he decides to not wrestle Giga Chikadze until like late, late second round and then has success. Even outstrikes Giga in the third, but it's it's too late at that point. Um, you go back to some other fights where he, he, there's fights where he should go out there and win and, and, he, and he pulls a stunt. So I, I believe Emmer's... <laughs> is the biggest favorite on the card. We don't have a ton of big favorites on this card, and I believe, yeah, I believe Emmers is the, the biggest favorite on the card at this point. Minus 260, minus 280 range here. So, yeah, but Emmer, Emmers, in all, in all honesty, Emmers, if, if he loses this fight, he should be ashamed of himself. I mean, Emmers is the much better striker. It's it's not even close. Emmers is the better wrestler. Emmers' wrestling is really good, offensively and defensively especially. I mean, I think that takedown defense for Emmers is going to come into play here. 
Um, I think Embers is the better grappler as well by a decent margin also. So yeah, I think Embers is better everywhere outside of fight IQ, outside of maybe heart, will to, will to win, and maybe that's enough for Bazookia. But I don't know. I mean, Embers should be the better striker, should be the better wrestler, should be the better grappler. I don't think there's much more that needs to be said. I, I don't like this fight for Bazookia. I don't think Bazookia is that great. Um I don't know what Bazookia's game plan is going to be. You take a look at a lot of Bazookia fights. His game plans kind of just go in there, push his opponent against the cage, try to go for takedowns, not get them. The striking's okay. I don't know. Um, give me Emmers to win this fight. Should be a pretty clean decision, but you know Jamal Emmers is not really a, a trustworthy fighter at, at this price tag. Emmers, Emmers by decision. All right, moving on to the next fight. We got Mark Madsen going against Jared Gordon. We got uh, we'll start with Jared Gordon here. He's 35 years old, five foot nine, with a 68 inch reach, 19 and six and two, two and one no contest in his last five fights. Mark Matson, 39 years old, five foot eight, with a 72 inch reach, 12 and one, and four and one in his last five fights. So we'll take a look at the odds. We see that uh, Jared Gordon opened up minus 110. Mark Matson opened up minus 110, and then money has came in on Jared Gordon. Um, he's currently sitting around the minus 180 price tag here. So, yeah, um, not my favorite fight on the card. I'd say this is probably my least favorite fight on the card, I think. Um, not really a, a big fan of of Mark Matson. I know he's uh, he has that Olympic wrestling background, but he's now 39 years old. He's 39 years old, almost 40 years old. And he was training at, like, fight ready for... A couple fight. I'm not even sure if he's at fight ready anymore. I checked his Instagram. I've, I really haven't seen anything. So not even sure if he's at fight ready at this point. But yeah, this is a fight where um, I actually really like the striking of, of Jared Gordon. Uh, I think his striking is very underrated. He's very high volume. He has fast hands. I mean, he was um, picking apart Bobby Green and, and their fight up until that that clash of heads and, and no contest. But he was looking great in the Bobby Green fight, outlanding Bobby Green uh, to my surprise. But yeah, Jared Gordon, I think he's going to absolutely have the striking advantage here against a guy like Mark Matson, who's you know being competitive in the striking against guys like I don't know Vince Pichel, um, Clay Guida. You know, get, Gordon's gonna be the better striker, and I, I think by by a lot. And Matson's kind of changed up his style. Like early Matson, what does he do? He goes in there, he takes you down, and does he, if he finishes you, he does. If he doesn't, he, he gasses out and tries to hold on. He took down Austin Hubbard a ton of times. And he gassed out in that fight, was able to survive, won the decision. But I kind of feel like for Mark Masson to win this fight, he's going to have to maybe resort back to that all-out wrestling style because I don't really see him outstriking Jared Gordon. I really don't. Um, could he take down Jared Gordon? Yes, he can. He can take down Jared Gordon. But I don't know if he's holding down Jared Gordon. So, yeah, I think it's a solid fight for Jared Gordon here. I think Jared Gordon gets the better of the striking exchanges. I think he has the better cardio. I think his take on defense is okay, but his get-up game is solid, his grappling solid. Uh, the only thing you really worry about with Gordon is uh, is the chin, is the durability, but is Mark Matson knocking out Jared Gordon? I, I don't really believe so. So yeah, I'm going to take Jared Gordon here to win this fight, and this, um, this probably goes to decision. So Jared Gordon and Jared Gordon by decision. Uh, moving on to the next fight, this is another pick for me, like for potential fight of the night. Uh, Joshua Van going against Kevin Borjas. We got Joshua Van, 22 years old, five foot five with a 65 inch reach, eight and one, and five and zero oh in his last five fights. Kevin Borjas, he's 25 years old, five foot five with a 68 inch reach, nine and one, 
in four and one in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. And we have Joshua Van opening up as a minus 180 favorite, currently minus 225. Kevin Borjas opening up plus 155. He's currently plus 190. See, I remember Borjas from Contender Series, and there wasn't a lot of tape out there on Borjas. Um, there was two fights that I could find, and in one of those fights, he was actually head kicked, uh, dropped, and then submitted shortly after. So it wasn't really the best look. And then the other fight I could find was horrible quality. You couldn't even see anything. So I was kind of like going into, uh, you know, his contender series fight a little bit blind. I knew a lot about his opponent, though. His opponent was a very good wrestler. I believe that he trained at American Top Team or a, a very good gym, a uh, good wrestler, a good grappler. And yeah, I mean, he got the better at Borjas early on, but Borjas showed some dog, man. I mean, this guy was a guy that was getting taken down, but getting right back up. He showed really good cardio, um, really good heart. And on the feet, he showed that he's a very good striker. Um, yeah, I think Boras is a, is a very fun fighter, a very fun striker. And I was really impressed with what I saw in his contender series fight. Um, and then I went to Joshua Van and I, quite frankly, I was, I was blown away. I mean, Joshua Van is 22 years old. Both these guys are very young. Both these guys, I think have a lot of upside. Um, but Joshua Van, back to him. I mean, I was very impressed with his debut, right? He makes his debut, I think it was on even short notice, against Zalga Sumagulov. And if you guys know Zalga Sumagulov, he goes to decision in a lot of fights, right? And he goes to very close decisions. That Joshua Van-Zalga's fight wasn't close. I mean, Joshua Van beat the crap out of Zalga, almost finishing him in the second round. I mean, the ref could have potentially stepped in and, and stopped that fight. So... Yeah, that was a very good performance from Joshua Van, and, and I liked that performance, but I went back and watched his fights outside of that fight, and I was very impressed as well. I mean, Joshua Van has legit power for 125 pounds. This guy does not hit like a flyweight. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and what I don't like about Borjas is he is willing to eat one to give one, and he's tough, but he does get hurt. And I don't know if you're going to want to eat one to give one against a guy like Joshua Van. I mean, Joshua Van has real power in his hands. And he also has like shown a, a slick submission game as well. I know his only loss comes by sub, but he has a couple submission wins on, of his own. He has some club and subs mixed in there as well. And Borjas has been club and sub before. And another thing I, I like is, you know, you, you go watch that, that, that Borjas, his only loss was a head kick, right? Joshua Van has a nasty head kick. He landed against Zalga. So I think that's going to be there because Borjas does not really have striking defense. And uh, he's willing to get hit a little bit too much for my liking. So these guys are going to throw down. These guys are going to go to war. I trust Joshua Van. I think he has more power and I think he's more durable and I think he's more defensively sound. And I think all three of those things are going to go a very long way here in an all-out war. Give me uh, Joshua Van to win this fight. I'll take him to win this fight by second round knockout. All right, so that was um, at the time of recording the featured prelim, which which makes a ton of sense. I mean that that fight's incredible. We're going to move on to the main card opener, which this is my third pick for fight of the night. Like I think there's a ton of fight up a night, fight of the night potential fights. This is uh, the obvious one. Uh, Benoit Saint Denis going against Matt Frivola. We got uh, Benoit Saint Denis, 27 years old, five foot eleven, with a 73 inch reach, 12 and one. And four and one in his last five fights. Matt Frivola, 33 years old, five foot nine, with a 71 inch reach, 11 and three, and three and two in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. We see that Benoit Saint Denis opened up minus 400, currently minus 200. Uh, Matt Frivola opened up plus 200, and he's current uh, plus 330. My bad. 
and he's currently plus 170. So yeah, Benoit Saint-Denis opening up a massive favorite. And this is a fun, fun, fun fight here. Um, you know, the thing with Matt Frivola the past couple fights, it's actually pretty hilarious. His last three fights, um, I, I came on there, broke down the fight, and I'm like, which which Matt Frivola is going to show up? Is it going to be the, the Matt Frivola that fights safe, you know, goes and, and takes down his opponents like he did against Luis Pena and Jalen Turner? Or is it going to be the Matt Frivola that goes to war like he did against Lando Venata, Marco Polo Reyes, and, and Terrence McKinney? And he has chose to go to war in all three of his last fights, and he has three knockouts in a row, knocking out Gennaro Valdez 50 times. I mean, he, he must have set a record. I mean, he knocked out that guy like like 50 times in that fight, officially dropped him four times. I think it was more like five. Uh, but yeah, that was a great performance against Gennaro Valdez. Against Otman Azaitar, you know, why wrestle, go out there and knock out Azaitar? That was incredible. And then he knocked out Drew Dober, which... What? I mean, that that's still it just it's crazy to say somebody knocked out Drew Dober, but this guy Frivola did it. I mean, Frivola has real power. Um, so this fight, Benoit Saint Denis, I don't think he's gonna wrestle. Um, I think he's gonna do exactly what he has been doing, which is going to war. And uh going to war with the God of War, I don't know how well it's going to work out for him. But if there's anybody to go out there and potentially knock out Saint Denis, it might be a guy like Frivola. Um, you know, we did see Saint Denis go in there against Eliza Zaleski dos Santos in his debut. I went back and watched that fight. I mean, it says decision loss. I mean, the fight could have been stopped 50 times. I'm not sure what I think his name was Vadrasev Kisayev was doing. Um, there was a moment where Saint Denis was just getting beat up bad against the cage and um Zaleski let off like a hundred punch combination um and uh Kissy was just standing there looking like 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 that I mean DC and the boys they were like stop the fight I was like stop the fight because I had like the under but um yeah that fight probably could have been stopped but yeah Saint Denis super tough though you know we can't deny that we can't deny the heart and it's a, it's a fight that I do like for Saint Denis here. I do worry about the power of Frivola though, and I do worry about the striking defense of Saint Denis. Saint Denis a forty four percent striking defense, not great. But I feel like Saint Denis absolutely has more avenues to win this fight. I feel like Saint Denis can absolutely go for takedowns. Matt Frivola has a terrible forty two percent takedown defense, and you know getting taken down ten times for, by Armin Sarukian, it's not a terrible look. But if you get taken down by Benoit Saint-Denis, there's going to be trouble. I mean, Benoit Saint-Denis is a very dangerous grappler, and you don't want him on top of you. So I worry about the takedown, even the Fervola. And then with Fervola, you always worry about the durability. You know, just just two years ago, we saw him get knocked out in seven seconds by Terrence McKinney. Um, just uh, back in, uh, was it 2018, 2017, 18, I think, um, he got knocked out by Marco Polo Reyes. We're, ne- we're never going to let him, you know... Um, we're never going to let him forget about that, right? I mean, getting knocked out by Marco Polo Reyes is, uh, is inexcusable. So we got knocked out by Polo Reyes, dropped twice, got dropped twice by Lana Venata, finished in seven seconds by McKenney. So I do worry about the durability of one of these guys, and that's and that's for Vola. So in a, in a fight that I think is going to be a war, um, I got I got I got to pick Benoit Saint Denis here. I'm going to take him to win this fight by first round knockout. I think these guys are going to throw down. I think these guys are going to stand in the middle and bang into one man falls. And although it worked out with Frivola against Drew Dober, 
I just have a feeling Benoit Saint-Denis lands something big and knocks out Matt Frivola here in the first round. So give me uh, Benoit Saint-Denis to win this fight. Benoit Saint-Denis to win this fight by first round knockout. Moving on, we got Pat Sabatini going against Diego Lopez. We got Pat Sabatini, 33 years old, 5'8", with a 70-inch reach, 18-4, and and 4-1 and in his last five fights. Diego Lopez, 28 years old, 5'11", with a 72-and-a-half-inch reach, 22-6, and 3-2 and and in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. We have Pat Sabatini opening up minus 110 pick'em. Same thing with Lopez opening up minus 110 pick'em. Uh, we currently have Pat Sabatini minus 140. And Diego Lopez, plus 120. So, yeah, I mean, this is a, a fun fight. Um, glad to see that they put Diego Lopez on the main card. I think it's rightfully deserved. This guy is slowly becoming a star. Like, people are really excited about this kid. Um, Diego Lopez, only 28 years old. And what I noticed about Diego Lopez is this guy is evolving. I mean, this guy is improving rapidly. You go back and watch some of his older fights, you know, his takedown defense doesn't look great. You know, the Brito fight was taken down, controlled, all that. I went and watched some of his fights after the Brito fight. This guy looks like a killer. I mean, his striking's coming along. Um, he's willing to eat one to give one, but he's super tough. Um, he's hard to get out of there, very hard to get out of there. I don't think anybody's finishing Diego Lopez nowadays. But yeah, the striking's coming along. Um, I think he's working at the same gym as uh, Alexa Grasso and, and Lupe Godinez. And yeah, and then on top of that, this guy has a very, very slick opportunistic, aggressive submission game off his back. I mean, this guy's attacking um, the entire fight. He's dangerous the entire fight. And that's kind of what I liked about like about Diego Lopez. He's dangerous from the, the first second of the fight to the last second of the fight. So Pat Sabatini is the favorite here. And I, I get what people are seeing, right? Like Pat Sabatini can go out there and and take down Lopez and, and control him for 15 minutes like Evloev did, like Brito did. But, you know, on the feet, I, I really worry about Pat Sabatini. He was dropped in 30 seconds against Jamal Emmers. He was dropped in about 30 seconds against Damon Jackson and knocked out by Damon Jackson, who, quite frankly, isn't knocking anybody out in the first round ever. I mean, that's not really Damon Jackson's thing. So, I mean, I don't think Pat Sabatini has the best durability. I think he's an incredible fighter, an incredible wrestler. He's a Renzo Gracie Philly black belt. But on the feet, I do worry a little bit about the durability of Pat Sabatini, whereas I, I don't again, I don't for Lopez. I, I don't question the durability whatsoever. So yeah, and I think Lopez on top of that is the better striker at this point. I think he has a lot of power as well. So yeah, I really worry about Pat Sabatini when this fight's on the feet. With that said, though, Pat Sabatini can get takedowns whenever he wants, but he's going to have to fight off dozens of submission attempts for 15 minutes, which is exhausting. And and we saw Pat Sabatini go out there against Tristan Connolly, right? Win the first two rounds cleanly. That's great. But in the third round, he kind of took it off. He lost a, a third round against Tristan Connolly. Not the best look. With Diego Lopez, you got to worry about the striking, the power. You have to worry about the submission game. And you have to worry about it for 15 full minutes. So Pat Sabatini is going to have to go out there Fight a perfect game plan. Stay safe for 15 minutes. And staying safe for 15 minutes against Diego Lopez, it's not going to be easy. So I get why Sabatini's probably the favorite. He has a clear path. But I kind of feel like Lopez has more ways to win. I feel like Lopez can win by knockout. I feel like he win by club and sub. Um, I'm not sure if he subs Sabatini off his back. I mean, it's going to be tough to do. Sabatini's a really good grappler black belt but with that said I mean Lopez just subbed a black belt but I'm kind of leaning more so like a club and sub here for Diego Lopez I'm going to take the dog here in Lopez 
I think he gets it done by, by uh, I'll say, second or third round submission here for Diego Lopez. This fight's incredible, and um, I'm going to go Lopez for the upset in this one. Moving on, we got Mackenzie Dern going against Jessica Andrade. We got Mackenzie Dern, 30 years old, 5'4", with a 63-inch reach, 13-3, and 3-2 and and in her last five fights. Jessica Andrade, she's 32 years old. Five foot one with a sixty-two inch reach, twenty-four and twelve, and two and three in her last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. Dern opened up minus two hundred, currently minus one seventy-five. Andrade opened up my or plus one seventy, currently plus one fifty. So, if you guys have been watching my my channel for the last couple of years, uh, you may know that I was I'm not anymore. I was the biggest Mackenzie Dern hater out there. I mean, I was not a big fan of her skill set. She's an incredible grappler, one of the best, if not the best grapplers in the division, pure grappling. But she really had nothing else. She had no striking. She had no wrestling. I mean, she had like a 7% takedown accuracy at one point. And if you also have been watching me, you'd know that I'm Jessica Andrade's biggest fan. <laughs> With that said, though, I mean, I, I kind of think this is Dern all day, and, and here's why. Um, first of all, I think Dern's improving. I think her wrestling's looking a lot better. She's actually going out there and, and getting takedowns for once in her career, which is nice to see. Um, going back to her fight against Angela Hill, she got three takedowns. Heck yeah. Against Jean Zhao Nan, she even got a couple takedowns. So yeah, she's going out there. Five takedowns in her last two fights. You love to see it because if she gets one takedown here, she wins. Um, so yeah, Dern, I think she's improving. She's working on the wrestling. She's working on the striking. Her striking looks better than ever. It's still not you know, amazing, but... You know, it's 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 good. It's it's serviceable. Uh, she has a ton of power. She hurt Angela Hill multiple times in the feet. So yeah, I think Dern's uh, looking probably career best at this point. On the flip side, you have Andrade, who's looking career worst. I mean, Andrade couldn't look any worse. And, and I, I think she's I think she's on her way out. And it's crazy to say that she's only 32 years old, but she's been in the UFC for a very long time now. Jessica Andrade. She has so many fights in the UFC. She's been in the UFC for I, I believe over 10 years at this point. You know, she's she's went out there, she's done it all, she's she's been champion, she's been at multiple weight classes, straw weight, flyweight, bantamweight, you name it. She's done it all. She's fought everybody. And and now she's and, and this is why I, I feel like she doesn't care about her career anymore. She's taken short notice fights against Aaron Blanchfield. I mean, if you care about your career at this point, I mean you're not taking a short notice fight against Aaron Blanchfield when you're on vacation at the time clearly not ready to fight and and it showed she got subbed by Blanchfield in the second round and Blanchfield was competitive in the striking somehow and then another reason I feel like Jessica Andrade just does not care anymore is she accepted a a Tatiana Suarez fight I mean if you care about you know reaching the title I mean you're not you're not going out there and fighting Tatiana Suarez ever I mean I, you you should probably do your best to uh, avoid her especially on a two-fight skid. I mean, Andrade was on a two-fight skid prior to to facing Tatiana Suarez. So, but I see what the UFC was doing there. I mean, they wanted to to build up Tatiana Suarez, give her a big name. Andrade is a big name, and uh, that's exactly what happened. But it's not only that she lost to Tatiana Suarez and, and Aaron Blanchfield and, and Yan Zhao Nan. It's, it's how she's losing. Um, you know, I went back and watched the Blanchfield fight. Like I said, the striking was weirdly competitive. For some reason, it really shouldn't have been, but... It was competitive nonetheless. And then the second round hits. Blanchfield gets a takedown, right? And I counted how long it took for Blanchfield to sub Andrade. And it was like 29 seconds. Blanchfield took her down and subbed her in 29 seconds. 
And I'm like, okay. And then she fights Tatiana Suarez. The fight gets to the second round. She takes her down, and I, I count. How long does it take for Tatiana Suarez to sub Andrade once getting her down? And it was like 59 seconds. It was like about a minute. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if if Dern takes down Andrade, I mean, the fight's going to be over very shortly after. Because although I think Tatiana Suarez is incredible, I think she's a future champ at, at strawweight. And Aaron Blanchfield, I think she's incredible. She's a future champ at, at, um, at uh, flyweight. In terms of pure jiu-jitsu, I mean, Mackenzie Dern's the, the best in the division. So, yeah, Andrade, she is a black belt, but gosh, is she horrible off her back. I mean, when Tatiana Suarez exploited her, Aaron Blanchfield exploited her, Valentina Shevchenko explo- exploited her. And if Dern takes her down just once, I mean, it's uh, it's going to get ugly very quick. So, yeah, I think Dern's more motivated. Um, I think she's improving, and I think Jessica Andrade is showing up for a paycheck, which is fine. I mean, she deserves it. She's getting paid, and getting paid probably very, very handsomely as well, but I don't think she really cares anymore. So uh, this will be Andrade's fourth loss in a row. Maybe she's more motivated since since she's on a three-fight skid. And if we do get motivated, Jessica Andrade, maybe it's a different story, but um, I'm kind of leaning towards her her not really caring anymore. So give me a Dern. I think she does care, and I think her ground game is really good. And I'll say she subs her in the first round, makes it look pretty easy. Just needs one takedown, Dern. One takedown. All right. Moving on to the co-main event, and what a co-main event it is. We got Tom Aspinall going against Sergey Pavlovich, replacing John Jones, Stephen Miocic, which is which hurts, like I said, but uh, I'm looking forward to this co-main event nonetheless. So we got Tom Aspinall, 30 years old, six foot five, with a 78 and a half in, or 78 inch reach. He's 13 and three and four and one in his last five fights. Sergey Pavlovich, 31 years old, six foot three, with an 84 inch reach. 18 and 1 and 5 and 0 in his last five fights. We got a straight pick him here. Um, open pretty close. Pavlovich open as a minus 125 fave. Minus 110 at the moment. Aspinall opened up as a plus 105 dog. Minus 110 at the moment. So, you know, I could go and and, and break this fight down and, and and say who I think wins, but at the end of the day, somebody's getting served here. And somebody's probably getting served here very brutally. I mean, there's not a, a ton of analysis outside of I like I like Aspinall here in this matchup ever so slightly, but I don't have a, a strong lean towards him, and here's why. Sergey Pavlovich is the most terrifying human on the planet. I mean, look at him. I mean, just look at that terrifying man to the I think it's to the right of me. Actually to the left. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting confused. Anyway, he's so terrifying that he's confusing me. I just look at him. Imagine waking up in the middle of the night, and this guy's just staring over you. Just look. I mean, it, it'd be it'd be terrifying. But Tom Aspinall has more paths here, right? I mean, Tom Aspinall has more paths. Sergey uh, Sergey Pavlovich's and um, yeah, Sergey Pavlovich's only loss comes against Alstar Overeem, right? And it was a while ago. It was a while ago. But the one time. We saw Sergey Pavlovich on his back. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it was he had nothing to offer off his back whatsoever. He uh, Overeem took him down and and pounded him out very shortly after. Tom Aspinall is a black belt in BJJ. He has ground and pound. He has a submission game. If Tom Aspinall gets on top of Pavlovich, it is a wrap. It is over very quickly. With that said, he's got to take him down first, right? So I don't know. Um. I feel like either guy's live for a knockout here. I think the harder hitter is probably Padovich. 
I think in terms of the strike, I, I do like the striking a little bit more of Aspinall. He's super quick for a heavyweight. He doesn't even look like he's a heavyweight in there when he's striking. Um, super, super quick hands. But yeah, the power is probably in favor of Pavlovich. But Aspinall has power as well. See, so yeah, I think either guy can get knocked out. But if Aspinall gets his fight down to the mat, it's, it's, it's a wrap. So as long as his head stays attached on his body and he shoots a takedown and gets it, I, I think he wins, and I think he wins pretty easily, but Pavlovich is a terrifying, scary monster. So I'm not probably going to bet this fight. Um, from a money line perspective, I might look at a prop, but I'll say Aspinall gets the fight down to the mat, and Aspinall's wrestling is good. Uh, he was able to, to shoot some well-timed takedowns against Alexander Volkov, and once we saw I mean, once he gets on top, he's, he's, he's vicious. Um, he cut open Volkov. He, he got that uh, straight arm bar. And then even against Alain Badeau, he took him down, got an amount a second later. I mean, Aspinall's ground game's great. And Sergey Pavlovich, from what we've seen, his ground game off his back is, is non-existent. So if you're on the Aspinall side, you're going to be holding your breath until he gets a takedown, I think. And then if you're on the Pavlovich side, you're going to be rooting for him to take off Aspinall's head before he gets in and, and, and gets him down, I think. So that's kind of how I'm seeing the fight play out. Obviously, both guys can knock each other out, but I think Aspinall has a significant advantage on the mat and that's why I kind of kind of lean him, but I I hate going against Pavlovich. I'm a big fan of both these guys. It's one of those fights where it's an awesome fight, but at the same time, I hate it because I I like Tom Aspinall a ton, and I like Sergey Pavlovich a ton as well. And uh, by the way, hopefully I didn't say Sergey Spivak during this breakdown. I don't know why I always do that. I think it's just the Sergey, but um, Sergey Pavlovich would would ruin Sergey Spivak, and then that that fight. If it ever happened, it probably shouldn't be sanctioned. So hopefully I didn't do that, but I've been doing that lately. I don't know why. All right. Main event. Don't forget, guys, uh, if you guys have not commented down the significant strikes for Alex Pereira, Year Bahashka, commented down for the contest. $25 the first tiebreaker goes to the person that commented first. And also check out uh, my solo breakdown, solo breakdown of the main event, and then solo breakdown of the co-main event. I'll be doing both of those as well, so be on the lookout for those. All right. Alex Pereira. Yuri Prohoshka, I cannot wait for this one. We'll start with Alex Pereira, 36 years old, six foot four, with an 80-inch reach, eight and two, and four and one in his last five fights. Yuri Prohoshka, he's 31 years old, six foot three, with an 80-inch reach, 29, three and one, and five and zero oh in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. We see that Alex Pereira opened up minus 150. He's currently minus 130. Yuri Prohoshka opened up plus 110 or plus 130. He's currently plus 110. All right. um, Man, this fight is kind of like the last fight where it's like, you know, I, I have my pick. I have who I think's going to win the fight, and I like my pick. But at the end of the day, somebody's getting served here in, in, in very brutal fashion. These guys have a ton of power. I think somebody's getting knocked out. But, you know, Yuri Prohoshka is coming off of a, a pretty gruesome injury a surgery a layoff uh we have not seen Yuri Prohoshka in about a year and a half I don't like that Alex Pereira he's been active he moved up a weight class um I I, I I like Alex Pereira here and and here's why you go and watch Yuri's fights and you can really watch any fight um I'll, I'll talk about which ones that <laughs> I think are most notable but any fight any Yuri fight his striking defense is literally non-existent, and I mean non-existent. On paper, his striking defense is 
And that's not because he's he's weaving or, or bobbing these punches or or putting up his guard, nothing like that. That's because his opponents are probably missing because Yuri Prohoshka does not have striking defense. And I went and watched the Volkan Uzdemir fight, and I kid you not, Yuri's striking defense was him with his hands down. He has those long arms, his hands down to his waist, and he was blocking punches with his face. And, and I know I say that sometimes, um, as an exaggeration, you know, this guy blocks punches with the No. Yuri was blocking punches with his face. He was headbutting Volkan Uzdemir's punches with his hands down. You know, Uzdemir wobbled Prohoshka. Dominic Reyes hurt Prohoshka. Looked like uh, Dominic Reyes knocked out Prohoshka with that upkick. Uh, Glover Teixeira rocked Yuri badly. Could have probably finished him, but he went for the, the gilly. Having that tight, that no striking defense game plan of, for year, I mean, is that going to work against Alex Pereira? I mean, are you going to, you know, headbutt into a, a left hook of Alex Pereira and just eat it? I don't know. So I, I got to go Alex Pereira here. With that said, though, I mean, Yuri, I, I think he's the more tough, the tougher fighter, the more durable fighter. Um, so he could knock out Alex Pereira. I don't think Alex Pereira has the best chin. Although fighting up at light heavyweight, I think for Pereira is maybe going to help his durability a little bit, but I can't pick Yuri with his non-existent striking defense. I think Pereira is going to land something big and you can maybe get away with, you know, Uzdemir rocking you, uh, Glover Teixeira rocking you, Dominic Reyes rocking you. I mean, if Alex Pereira hits you, you're, you're probably going to sleep. So... I like Alex Pereira here. Um, again, you know, can you be too confident in it? No, um, but I'm going to take Alex Pereira to win this fight and win this fight by first round knockout. There you have it, guys. Those are the predictions for UFC 295. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to comment down your significant strikes. Please leave a like on the video. I do appreciate that a ton. Subscribe to the channel as well. Uh, be sure to check out Prize Picks. This video was brought to you by Prize Picks. Use that promo code DFSBTN. Get yourself a 100% deposit match up to $100. I'll be getting out a Prize Picks video later in the week, so make sure you look forward to that. And then also check out DFSbythenumbers.com. Haven't had a ton of bets on these past couple cards. Um, this is a card where I'm going to be pretty heavily invested, I, I think. I think there's a lot of spots sticking out, a lot of props sticking out, some uh, money lines sticking out. So I think I'm going to have uh, probably the most action I've had on this card in like a month and a half, two months. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this card, UFC 295. Check out DFSbythenumbers.com. You'll find my articles, the stats, uh, everything you need is on there. Be sure to check it out. It does help. Go a long way. All right, guys, best of luck for UFC 295. Enjoy the card, in my opinion. Potential fight card of the year. We'll see on paper at solid. We'll see how it delivers, but I think it's a great card nonetheless. Best of luck, everybody, and we'll talk to you very soon. See you later.